It's Wednesday, August 23rd, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Two big legal calls topped the news in Texas this morning. First, a federal judge in Austin has rejected the assertion of Governor Greg Abbott that the current state of migration at the border amounts to an invasion and that his court would not delve into what U.S. District Judge David Ezra calls political questions. No official ruling yet. That's coming early next week as the Biden administration seeks to force the state of Texas to remove the now infamous chain of razor wire laden orange buoys placed in the Rio Grande as a deadly deterrent for migrants. Aron Torres at the Dallas Morning News says Ezra's comments suggest he'll rule narrowly on whether Texas has violated laws related to navigable waterways, which the federal government has jurisdiction over rather than wading into how far states can go on enforcing federal immigration law. Meanwhile, in Houston, the Texas Supreme Court has ruled to let Senate Bill 1750 become law on September 1st. That means Harris County's election administrator Clifford Tatum is out, and Harris County Clerk Tanisha Hudspeth is back in charge of this November's election, essentially throwing things back to 2020 when the elections administrator position was created. Hudspeth says she has mixed feelings about what she calls unwarranted complications for Houston area voters, but pledges to work to strengthen voters' confidence in the process. Tom Abrahams at ABC 13 in Houston says Harris County Attorney Christian Menifee, who successfully delayed the enactment of the law for the last two weeks, says, quote, I'm disappointed that the Texas Supreme Court is quietly allowing the legislature to illegally target Harris County. It was on the Texas Supreme Court to rein in these bad faith lawmakers. The court failed Harris County residents, unquote. The fight over SB 1750 isn't quite done. The Texas Supreme Court will hear arguments from the county and the state on November 28th after the bill has become law and after this fall's election. Today's Ken Paxton update is almost unbelievably on the nose as the subject of Ken Paxton's emails has become an issue. Reporter Lauren McGowie, also of the Dallas Morning News, took to the platform formerly known as Twitter yesterday to reveal that she and Texas Observer reporter Justin Miller have both sought access to an encrypted email account owned by our thrice-indicted, currently suspended, and soon-to-be-impeached Attorney General, but those requests have been denied by the Texas Attorney General's office on the basis of attorney-client privilege. This is a Proton Mail account, an end-to-end encrypted email service based in Switzerland, designed to conceal the content of emails before they even reach that service's servers. Let's say this again slowly. The government office of a Republican official under investigation is refusing to provide journalists access to that official's emails. Like I said, way too on the nose. Several Texas education items this morning, starting with Jala Washington and Kate Winkle at KXAN-TV in Austin, who report that PragerU, a self-described provider of right-wing-aligned education materials, also self-described as non-accredited, has announced that they've been approved by the Texas Education Agency to place their propaganda into the hands of public school teachers in Texas classrooms. The announcement video by State Board of Education member Julie Pickren and PragerU CEO Marissa Strait is almost too goofy to watch. But if that floats your boat, see the link in the show notes. However, a follow-up by Liliana Pearson at ABC 13 in Houston says officials at TEA and SBOE say those agencies have not received any material from PragerU for review and thus have not approved their use in Texas. No one seems to know where this so-called approval came from. 
But now would be a great time to voice your disapproval with both of those agencies about all this. PragerU materials downplaying slavery and racism have been introduced to classrooms in Florida. Let's not follow that lead, please. Also in Texas education, Talia Richmond at the Dallas Morning News writes that Louisville ISD is reviewing its disciplinary policies and procedures after a 13-year-old student was punished for discussing with friends what she thought might be a threat of an on-campus shooting. The threat didn't play out, thankfully, but Lakeview Middle School officials punished the student, who is a black female, for making false accusations, harshly, too, sending her to a disciplinary school for the rest of her eighth grade year, over 70 days. The girl's mother, Lisa Youngblood, fought back with the help of a third-party investigator who found the punishment inappropriate and inconsistent with district guidelines. The school's principal has resigned in the meanwhile, and while the district is attempting to reconcile the situation, this represents a potentially costly long-term mistake in a statewide school safety environment that relies on students who see something to say something. Still more on Texas education this morning as Houston ISD Superintendent Mike Miles, who can't seem to stay out of the news, has reversed a decision to drastically curtail recess time for Houston elementary school kids after resistance by teachers and families led by the advocacy group Free Play Houston. Miles had limited recess to two short daily breaks for younger kids and the complete elimination of recess for fifth graders. All grades pre-K through 5th will now have one standard 30-minute recess each day. Anna Bauman at the Houston Chronicle says the modification appears to be the first time Mike Miles, the new TEA-appointed superintendent following the state takeover of Houston's public schools, has responded to community pushback by changing course. A report card on the Texas power grid by Doug Lewin at the Texas Energy and Power Newsletter finds that solar and wind energy are largely the reason Texas has not seen widespread brownouts or other major grid failures during this horribly hot summer. Patricia Ortiz at Houston Public Media says Lewin finds that renewables have helped keep energy prices in check as well, estimating that Texans have saved around $30 billion from solar energy in the past 10 years. But the good news is tempered with bad news which is that those savings have been largely nullified by inefficiencies in the Texas power grid's design that drive costs back up. Lastly, today, an important read from Slate and writer John Pfaff on the new Death Star law, which is set to take effect one week from this Friday, in which State Representative John Bryan of Dallas calls the new state preemption law, quote, the greatest transfer of power away from the public and into the hands of a few people in Austin that we've ever seen. People that want to control our state do not want cities acting in their own interests and do not want any city making policies that get in the way of their ideological and financial objectives, unquote. This is important reading for all Texans, not just those living in our bigger metro areas, who believe in the concept of local government's ability and right to manage local concerns. Whether you're in Dallas or Dalhart, the state should not be interfering with your town's right to tackle problems that are unique to each of our communities. But that's exactly what they'll start doing in about a week. Read up in the show notes. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Today's Texas political news for today's Texas Progressive. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Progress Texas is a nonprofit media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for rapid response media and messaging in our state. Learn more about Progress Texas, including how you can support our ongoing work at ProgressTexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow.